When I was little, I was always so scared to go down in our basement alone. Who knew it was down there? I was even more scared when I had to shut off the lights. The minute I flicked the light switch off, I zoomed up those stairs. I became a track star. I'm Natalie Jones. I like the color purple, string cheese, and mismatched socks. I'm Brianna Good. I like art, alternative rock, and capybaras. I'm Angela Gonzalez, and I like Star Wars, enchiladas, and turtles. Welcome to Modern Story Podcast Episode 5. Today we're telling stories about anxiety. I totally relate to that story you told. When I was younger, I like would not let my feet out from under the covers because I just feared that there were monsters just waiting at the end of my bed to attack me. I had a very similar fear. I couldn't go to bed without covering my neck in fear vampires were going to eat me in the night. Let's get started with Natalie and her story called Not Throwing Away My Thought. I'm a college student majoring in elementary education and still have to ask my friends to read a non-digital clock for me. Glad I'm going to be given the job of teaching this generation's kids these skills. But who needs a non-digital clock when all the first graders will have iPhones better than mine with the time one click away? I would rather watch a Teen Beach movie and Teen Beach 2 over and over again than see any new blockbuster action film in theaters. If you ask me if Taylor Swift has won Emmys, Oscars, Tonys, or ESPYs, I'd tell you that you've come to the wrong person. But if anyone asks, none of this is true, because heaven forbid people know I'm an Austin Moon super fan. Every time I get into my rusty, bluish, grayish, greenish 2006 Volkswagen Jetta, I think about anything and everything that could go wrong. The gaslight comes on when I swear I just spent $500 filling up my tank last week. The windows decide not to roll down when I'm already committed to going through the drive-thru to get my 4 for 4 from Wendy's. Or worse, the radio stops working in the middle of the best Hamilton song on the soundtrack. The most stressful part of my drive from Bethel to the Wendy's drive-thru is the dead stop that happens at red lights. The endless spiral of thoughts led me down a rabbit hole of questions and self-consciousness. Is the person behind me annoyed that they couldn't get around me before the light? Are all the non-rusty, non-old cars around me judging my song of choice, not throwing away my shot from Hamilton, playing at full blast? Could my windshield wipers be going any faster? I've never ordered anything but a grande iced chai with light ice from Starbucks because I fear I will screw up saying anything else, and the female teen barista with the green apron and green hat will judge me for the rest of her life. I've been overthinking everything I've said up until this moment, and will continue running it through my head until I fall asleep with my stuffed animals lining every corner of my tiny Arden Village bed. It won't just be this conversation running through my mind, but every conversation I've been a part of in the the last week. I'll go over it and over it again and again until I find the best comeback I could ever use on someone, even though I needed the comeback on Tuesday and it's now Friday of the next week. Sometimes I wish I could just realize that the middle-aged woman from the Cubs self-checkout lane won't even remember that I walked into the store with my two friends and walked out with a box of three chocolate sprinkle donuts, two glazed donuts, and five long johns last night at 11 p.m. Thank you for sharing. Has your anxiety ever stopped you from doing something that you wanted to do? Yeah, for sure. I think my anxiety has kept me from stepping out of my comfort zones, comfort zone in big ways and small ways. Um, it's definitely been something I'm working on, but definitely has hindered my actions yeah great story and from hamilton fan to hamilton fan i just have to ask what's your favorite hamilton song great question 
The whole soundtrack is amazing, but I would have to say my favorites are Guns and Ships and The Election of 1800. Uh, next here is Brianna Good's story, and her story is called Once Upon a Time. I sat on my lofted bed, surrounded by white prison-like walls around 12.15 a.m. in my Bethel University dorm. With a small window in the back of my room, I wasn't even sure I could squeeze out of if there was ever a fire. I nicknamed this room the Dungeon for the lack of light it got and the way it seemed to be like a storybook prison cell, with its scuffed-up furniture, brick walls, and decorative pillow that read, Dorm Sweet Dorm! The air in my little prison wouldn't seem to stay in my lungs, and I felt the hot sting of tears rolling down my face. I clumsily reached around my bed for my phone. My hands were shaking, my teeth chattering, and I had convinced myself that I couldn't breathe. So the tears only came in greater numbers, and the fear was amplified. I was careful not to make a sound. I couldn't let anyone in the dorm know about this. I lived by the words of a famous Disney queen. Don't let them in, don't let them see. I was okay as far as they knew. I was the smiley, giggly girl who lived in 103. That's all they needed to know. I finally found my phone and frantically poked at the apps until I came across a list of contacts. Once in the app, I pressed the contact labeled Dad and waited for him to answer. He was the dad who helped me learn to ride a bike, forced me to learn to drive a car, even after my constant protest, and the dad who always knew when something was wrong by the look on my face or the sound in my voice, even when I tried so hard to hide it. After a very long 10 seconds, he sleepily answered on the other end of the call and talked me down from yet another panic attack. I hated panic attacks, the same way I hated black licorice, stubbing my toe, and change. This seemed to be the story of my life, an endless cycle of anxiety. Once upon a time, I was a little six-year-old wandering in my half-acre lock by a small drainage pond that was surrounded by a few dozen tall and skinny trees. I suddenly feared what lurked behind the brush. An alligator? Ursula the sea witch? Or maybe a monster? There were all sorts of terrifying things that could lurk in the pond of a small, suburban Minnesota neighborhood. As I got older, the fear of Minnesota alligators and Ursula changed into the fear of math tests, B-pluses, and creepy black vans like the ones you see in movies. Stories told me I could be anything I wanted to be. I just had to create my own path and choose my own adventure. Unlike the stories, I had no magic fairy godmother, genie, or book to guide me through the obstacles that blocked my path. I had no sword to slay the Jabberwocky that tormented my thoughts, and worst of all, my problems couldn't be solved by the end of a 10-chapter book or hour-and-a-half-long movie. All I had was my family and a lifetime ahead of me. I found that the advice, write your own story, was absolute crap because I had ridden myself into a disaster of anxiety and depression and then anxiety again. So as I sat on my bed with my hand loosely grasping my phone, Dad, it's happening again. Honey, you're okay. Breathe. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out. The same thing he said every time. The thing that always seemed to bring me back to Earth. Oh, that was a great story. Um, my question is, has college gotten easier over time? Yeah, I would say it has gotten easier over time. I have found a lot of help for dealing with anxiety. And I've learned to manage my schedule a little bit better. So that's also helped. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Um, I was wondering, how has your relationship with your dad changed since you started leaning on him more and more in these tough situations? 
Honestly, both my parents have always been there for me. It's been very wonderful. Going to my dad for these experiences of anxiety have helped me be able to connect with him because he's also struggled with many of the same things I have. So I'm able to understand him and some of my family history a little bit better than I did before. Here is Angela and her story called Secrets of a Perfect Culver Employee. People who know me look at me and think, hey, it's Angela. She knows what she's doing. She's got her whole life together. That's a lie. I'm very clueless. Takeout is easy for me. At Culver's, my go-to is chicken tenders, Taco Bell, crunchy tacos. When out with friends, I can always order first. I've got it together. But it's different when it comes to making my own food. I know nothing about cooking. My mom has tried to teach me. She'll tell me the soup needs just a good amount of salt and a few bay leaves. No, I need exact measurements. A tablespoon of salt, a cup, two leaves, or six. Also, why is there so much raw meat involved? Yeah, meat is delicious, but why does it have to be so squishy and bloody? Seeing raw meat also reminds me that we had to kill some cute baby cow to eat it. Makes me almost want to become a vegetarian. Well, almost. When I got my first car, everyone saw me as this responsible kid. I was driving around like it was nothing. In their eyes, I knew everything about my sweet ride. In reality, I know nothing about my bright red 2012 Ford Focus. Ask me how to change the headlights, we got a problem. If I hear Ron making some squeaking noise, I just crank up Shawn Mendes. Want to know why that little dude with the bowling ball in his lap is blinking? Just let me make a quick call to my dad. Ron starts jerking suddenly. My fix is smacking the wheel and telling him to behave. Many times I hear the praise, Angela's so smart. Did you know that she took only college classes in her junior and senior years? She even passed and got her associate's degree. Yet they have no idea how math went. I still don't understand math. In elementary school, it was simple. One plus one is two, two minus one is one, a square has four sides, and a triangle has three. Now I'm expected to prove that a triangle is a triangle? I know for a fact that Elmo from Sesame Street would not lie to me. Now that I'm in college, everyone thinks I know what I want to do. I'm an English major who is in her first year, but is technically a junior. I see all these other juniors with giant engagement rings, and I'm here with zero dating experience. I must have complete faith in myself, right? Yeah, no. I have no idea when it comes to what I'll be doing after college. Sure, I want to be a writer, but what if I can't? I'm terrified of the fact that I may not write well enough to make a living off of it. I'm scared that I may be making mixers at Culver's forever. Or worse, be stuck on grill forever. All because I couldn't write well. I just don't know. How do you do makeup? What in the world are taxes for? Why can't I understand that crop tops are popular even though you're paying more for half the fabric? And why do people find Timothy Chalamet so hot? This goes to show how little I know. Trust me, there is a lot more I know nothing about. Everybody thinks I'm doing fine, but it's only a matter of time before I give myself up. Just last week, I bought a cappuccino to seem old and mature. Took one sip of the bitter stuff, then hid in my dorm until the bathrooms were empty so I could dump the horrid drink down the sink. 
Thanks so much for sharing. Um, I was wondering, do you think the small praises you talked about affect the expectations you have for yourself? Yeah, definitely. Sometimes it makes me want to work harder to be better, which is good sometimes, but other times it can leave me stressed because I can't seem to be what others claim I am. How has your time um, at Bethel been affected by you being ahead of most of your peers? Um, at times, it makes me feel like not smart enough when I can't understand certain things. And other times, it makes me feel good because I'm actually doing great in some of the harder classes. So, what have we learned today? Um, I think we learned a lot about how each of us react to stress and anxiety. I think everybody kind of reacts to those things in different ways bigger things, smaller things, anywhere on the spectrum. Um, the amount of stress that we take in from our stories has obviously had an impact on our lives and um, how we react and things like that. Yeah, I think we also learned just how similar we all are. We all face stress and anxieties and in a way that kind of connects us. Uh, we want to thank some people for helping us out on this Modern Story podcast at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks to Professor Chris Softner and his teaching assistants for maintaining the podcast studio and giving us access to it. And thanks to the people who inspired our stories. And I think we should thank each other for our edits. Look for the next episode of Modern Story podcast, which is about the power of faith with Jordan, Alina, and Chase. And lastly, go tell your friends, enemies, local Starbucks baristas. Yeah, you can tell your stuffed animals, too. Tell your roommates. Your dad's, friends, wife's, cousin's, twice-removed pet lobster. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs>